0: This episode of the Wanderwell podcast is brought to you by Zimble. Zimble is a line of inspirational jewelry that has a little symbol on each one of their pieces. That symbol has every single letter and every single number and a peace sign in it, it can mean any mantra, positive affirmation, inspirational quote, whatever you want it to mean, it can mean, and the meaning can transform with you. I also want to announce that we have a winner who's going to win $50 to the Zimble store online at Z Y M. B-O-L dot net. And that is Monica Ann. She is a single mom of two, outdoorsy mom, traveling mom, van lifer. She's currently in Wichita, Kansas, and is soon heading to Colorado. You can look at her Instagram, M-O-N-S plus two. And also, she has a website, RoadmapToNomad.com. Go check her out. I'm giving her a $50 gift certificate to Zimble for participating in the Instagram giveaway. So if you aren't already, go ahead and follow me at Behind the Podcast for more giveaways coming your way. And now, let's get started with the podcast. You're listening to the Wander Well Podcast. Learn how to create your own reality, live your calling, and find inner peace. We cover self-care, wandering, and manifesting. Welcome. I'm your host, Katie J. This week on the podcast, we have Julia Chase, who is Eat, Flow, Live on Instagram. Julia is a 27-year-old San Diego-based yogi with a passion for wellness, nature, and travel. She is a yoga teacher and student, a health coach and training, and an environmental advocate. Julia created Eat, Flow, Live as a place to share her wellness and yoga journey, as well as a place to inspire others along their journey as well. Julia, can you fill in any gaps there and let us know where you're currently located? Hi Katie. Um, Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. I
1: think that's, I mean, that's a very good summary. I'm currently in San Diego. I moved out here a little over a year ago now. Um, and that's really when my yoga journey started. I signed up for my teacher training and really dove into the practice and I think that was a really transformational time for me in terms of yoga and wellness um, and just living more consciously. Two or three months after I finished my yoga teacher training, I started Eat Full Live because I was really looking for a way to both share my journey and connect with other people and it's just been an incredible, incredible way to do that since then.
0: Did you always kind of know that you wanted to do a teacher training, or was that something you decided once you moved to San Diego?
1: So I was in Boston beforehand, and I had wanted to do a teacher training out there, and it just hadn't aligned with work and time. Um, there had always been an obstacle in the way, and when I moved out here, um, I didn't have a job. I moved just to move and be away from winter. So I had this, you know, open space in my life. And it really allowed me both the time to do the teacher training and the time to process everything that you're learning. And, you know, the aspects of the teacher training, some of them are based on the poses and alignment. But a lot of it is diving into your own mind and figuring out your perspectives and how you're processing the world and how you're interacting with others. So it was really it was actually Wonderful timing to have that space in my life to do the training.
0: Julia spoke about yoga teacher training coming into her life at exactly the right time. She was in a place in her life where everything seemed to point towards the training and the obstacles she had before in Boston were no more. When I did my yoga teacher training about two and a half years ago, people asked me why I wanted to do that to myself. I already worked a well-paying 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. job. Why would I spend my weekends, my only free time during the week, at a yoga teacher training? Looking back on it, it made no sense why I chose to do that training when I did, but what I can tell you is that the women that I met during that training are the ones pushing me, inspiring me, motivating me, and supporting me. We even got matching tattoos inspired by a donut last winter. It was at that teacher training with Black Swan Yoga that I learned about my personal legend the four agreements, and how to hold space. But it was through these women that I've learned what true strength looks like, the importance of filling up your own cup first, and how to ask for help and support from your loved ones. I've always said that if I moved to a place where I wanted to establish permanence again, I would take a yoga teacher training at a local studio so I could make some friends. And actually, Julia did just that. She, too, is able to find a community in her yoga teacher training.
1: When you're in the training, you have people who are in a similar space uh, in their lives and have similar perspectives and interests. Um, so it was a wonderful way to meet people when I came here.
0: I like to ask each guest an icebreaker question that gets us out of the introduction space and into the let's chit-chat space. I asked Julia, what's a habit that you're trying to kick? Writing a blog post on habits. Really? i bad of them. Yeah.
1: Um, I am trying, well, I would say it sounds like it's a, not a bad habit and that's my dedication to my yoga practice. But I think yoga for me is both so wonderful in so many ways, but I also think in terms of my workouts and my physical activity, it can almost be a space of comfort. So I'm really trying to still say committed to my yoga practice, but to break it up more with other classes, some cardio, some weights, some circuit training, that type of thing, because I think it pushes me out of my comfort zone, you know, both physically but also mentally, because those like very boot camp style classes or workouts for me is not my comfort zone, whereas my mat is. So I'm trying to create space for that in my week and really commit myself to saying, okay, yes, obviously I will be on my mat some, but trying to incorporate things that maybe I wouldn't naturally have a tendency to do.
0: Julia makes a good point here. I'm a huge fan of diversity in your wellness practice, because if you're only getting on the elliptical or running around the local park trail a few times a week, you're not really challenging your body and when you do cardio you burn calories while you're doing the exercise but if you're lifting or doing body weight exercises your body continues to burn those calories even after you've stopped physically exercising and that's because your muscles are being torn apart from one another during those exercises and then they're growing back together stronger leaner more able to support you in all of the activities that you wanna do in your life. A diverse wellness practice includes cardio and weightlifting and stretching and rest and sleep and all of these things that are so important for your body being able to regenerate muscle and build strength and support your bones. And I think a lot of people have a huge misconception about yoga. They think they're gonna go to yoga, go to a hot class, get shredded for summer and it's going to be awesome but that's not really the point of yoga and yes when I started my yoga practice I even flat out said during the yoga teacher training I said I'm here because yoga is a part of my wellness routine it's a part of my physical fitness but what diving into the nitty-gritty of yoga does is reveals to you that that is just the surface level, the asana practice is just the beginning. And there's so much more to practicing yoga on and off your mat that doing it and learning about it and really learning about the history and the meaning behind the poses and the the chakras and all of those things really Grounds you down to what the core of yoga is and yes, it's wellness. Yes It's good for your body, but it's meant for the mind body soul Connection and when you start to make that connection stronger through a yoga and a meditation practice and Mindfulness throughout your day. Well, that's when you start to understand your calling Julia has been able to strengthen that connection within her yoga practice and now as a yoga instructor she gets to create space for her students to listen to the only voice that matters. Their own. Here's Julia.
1: I'm just becoming more conscious of myself and really being able, I think, to become more centered and to tune into what I want out of my life and where I feel like I am my best self. And so I think, you know, both through my job but also through yoga, being able to share that with other people and allow them to tune into what they really want for their passion in their life and you know can they start to shift things that maybe aren't bringing them joy or relationships that aren't bringing them happiness Um, and i think yoga is such a wonderful tool to be able to do that
0: i completely agree yoga is one of those catalysts for Mm -hmm. change for people it doesn't necessarily need to be that everyone becomes a yoga instructor but because we are yoga instructors we have the privilege of putting people in a space or opening a space for people to just move in their body and start to really work through something in their life, whether that's challenging what they think they can do in their career, how they're taking care of their body or what their role is in current relationships. And I, I think that's really cool that, that you get to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, yoga, it goes so far beyond the mat and it's, it is the poses, but it's, that's just the, like you're barely dipping your toe into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like at the end of my classes, um, when you're moving out of Shavasana to the closing part to ask students, you know, what they want to take off their mats with them or what they want to leave on their mats. And I think, you know, there's so many lessons that can be learned through your yoga practice, and whether that's learning just more about yourself and how like what your inner dialogue is or how you're interacting with the world, I think yoga is just It's a way in order to become more conscious.
0: I know it's on some of y'all's minds. You're wondering, it's cool to open people's consciousness and hold space for people, but does being a yoga teacher really pay the bills? And that's a question that I asked before I invested $2,500 into yoga teacher training. Was I gonna be able to make money from this information? And not because I'm money hungry, but because if you want to invest in something, you're hopefully going to get a return. And while the return from yoga teacher training was completely invaluable, the friendships that I've got, the support that I've received from those people, the knowledge to move in my own body and hold space within my own apartment for just me, we all hope to one day be teaching yoga and that be our only gig. But for Julia and for many other yogis out there, teaching yoga is the ultimate side hustle. Julia works in the environmental field as a planner for water management, and that's the majority of her income right now. She says teaching yoga, health, and wellness are her passion projects and something she feels called to do. I'm sure many of you listening right now are in a similar boat to Julia. You have a job, but it's not necessarily what you're passionate about your passion is what gets you up in the morning. It's what you're excited to do. It makes your heart flutter and you get so pumped. Maybe maybe it's painting, maybe it's jewelry making, or teaching Pilates, makeup, bird watching, backpacking. And it's probably something that you're not really sure could even be a career. Here's Julia's advice on where to go from here.
1: You know, take the leap, quit your job, go for it. But I also think that that can be really overwhelming and not feasible for a lot of people. So I think knowing that it doesn't have to be that leap, it can be small steps to incorporate that into your life and that over time you can make that transformation or maybe it's just something that is a really fulfilling nourishing aspect of your life aside from your job so it can be a balance between where you're getting your stream of income and can you pull it from different aspects can you incorporate yoga or wellness into your life um without feeling like you need to overhaul everything all at once. Julia is right.
0: I did things a little backwards. I knew I wanted to take some time off from working and go to Bodhi in Costa Rica, but I figured I needed to fill some of the extra time I was going to have there. So, why not start a business that I can run from anywhere and maybe that will also pay for school. Well, that was October, and here I am in June. My business has changed 3 times. I'm not going to school and I'm working part-time so I can fund this vision. But this is when knowing yourself comes into the picture. I knew that I needed to push myself off the ledge in order to put all of my energy towards what I really wanted. And what I wanted changed as I learned more. Everything I've learned up until this point has made me extremely valuable to both my own business and to other people's businesses. And now that I know my main purpose in life is to connect people to the healing power of nature, I can narrow my search and target my energies towards manifesting income from a job that does just that. Working at the Tahoe Adventure Company every day, I do the back-end logistics of getting people paddling out on Lake Tahoe and hiking through the Sierra Nevada mountains. Some days I get to be out there with them, sharing local human and natural history. And this arrangement works out perfectly for both parties because I have three days a week to work on my side hustles, yes, plural, while the other four days are spent getting people outside. And I'll tell you what, it feels good to have money flowing in again. For the past several months, I've been on a mini retirement living out of my savings, which has been comfortable and enjoyable, but I will tell you what, it feels good to get a paycheck. When we all do what we love, there's plenty of abundance to go around. But Julia makes a good point. There's no right or wrong way to pursue your personal legend. She discusses here when you know it's time to quit your day job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. I think for some people, taking the leap gives them that push that they need to really, you know, just go for it. Um, But I also think it can be something that, you know, you build over time or, When you feel like your job is really hindering you from doing what you want, that's like your passion project, whether that's yoga or something else, then maybe it's the time to make the switch when you feel like, okay, I can't handle both of these or I don't feel like I can really invest the time the energy that I want into teaching yoga because of my other job and how am I going to make it work? Um, So I think, I mean, it's super each each individual's journey, Um, but I do think it's something that you don't need to feel like you have to take the leap over time, and for me, it's really, it's been a journey. It's been something I've been
0: building, so we'll see where it goes. As you all know by now, I love asking people about their obstacles. Here's Julia to tell us
1: about one of hers. A lot of times we stop ourselves out of fear before we even take the leap, and that for me has been a huge thing. Um, Whether that's, you know, something simple like, trying a new pose in my practice that I look at on Instagram and I see it and I'm like, oh, there's no way I can ever do that. <laughs> uh, or whether it's even, I mean, starting the blog at first and even the Instagram, I was like, this is, I gave myself in my mind, I was, gave myself three months and I said, you know, if it doesn't work out after three months, I'll get rid of it. I'll vanish it from the internet and no one will know. <laughs> because I, I kind of had this thought like, well, who's really going to follow me? Like no one, I don't have anything that's unique to share. And it's that inner dialogue that's really negative that I think has been the hardest thing for me to silence and say like, no, I can do this. I am worth it. I do have something to share and something to say. Um, so I think in yoga, my practice has been a huge part of that noticing what that inner dialogue is and shifting it from the negative to the positive and getting that self-belief um, that you really, you can do it and you will be successful. Um, and not to say that there won't be you know obstacles along the way, but believing in yourself and believing in your ability to make it happen, I think has been huge for me.
0: The knowledge that you're not your thoughts and that mm-hmm. you can control your thoughts is something that's pretty new to me as well and something that I discovered through a meditation practice where yeah once you start to notice what thoughts come up and the patterns that are coming up you start to realize that okay this is really negative and I'm yeah I'm I'm disproving that in my day-to-day life I'm disproving those thoughts so why are they still existing and addressing those and working those into a positive has, has been something that it's been really hard for me as well. So I'm glad that you that you shared that.
1: Yeah. If you've read, um or if you haven't read Untethered Soul, mm-hmm. he does a wonderful job, I think, of explaining it so crystal clear that when you're reading it, you're like, oh, how have I not realized this before, that there is that separation between your thoughts and yourself? Uh, so I highly recommend that to any listeners that have not read that book. It's a phenomenal book.
0: As yoga instructors, we are expected to show up to class and have a smile on our face, sparkle in our eye, and an awesome routine ready to go. But sometimes life gets you down and we don't always feel 100% every day. Because nobody does, and so I'm always curious how other yoga instructors practice self care so that they can maintain that smile, that sparkle, that perfectly planned routine that is just going to create space and wow their students into coming back again and again. So, self care question for Julia. Here you go.
1: I see it on social media, and it's you know like going and getting a massage or like a whole day to treat yourself, which is fantastic, but I really try each day to have something that's a little bit like just for me. And that can be like a phone call with a family member. It can be a walk outside. It could be a bath. So you don't have to be these big extravagant things, um, which for me, it just helps. I think having a little bit of downtime or a time that feels really nourishing each day. I think overall is better for me than having like one day that I feel like, okay, I'm like treating myself today.
0: Julia also said that she loves getting outside and spending some time with just herself, being alone, but not lonely, drawing energy from some silent conversations with her soul. She says it's so important to have those daily acts of doing something just for you, Doing that will help keep you in a space of, okay, I do feel nourished. I'm well taken care of every day. I'm not going to wait until I have an emotional breakdown to take a bubble bath or take a walk in nature or a glass of red wine. Every day, you're fortifying yourself to exist in your best version. I love bringing up wellness because it's so broad. When I ask about it, answers range from diet to exercise, imbalances and mental health. Julia shared earlier that her wellness routine includes quite a bit of diversity. So I want to dive in here where she talks about her plant-based diet and how what we put into our body impacts what we get out of it, knowing that everybody is different.
1: I eat a mostly plant-based diet, which is just what works for me. But I think really eating foods that both work for your body in terms of, you know, some people have allergies or dairy doesn't settle well for them. Choosing foods that, you know, work well for your body and choosing a diet that's rich in plants and nutrients. Because I think when you, when your body is fueled and you feel your best, it makes it easier to apply that across the board in your life. And I think to you know, some kind of mindful exercise, whether that's yoga or meditation or journaling, I think is really key just um, for me personally. I think it helps to keep my stress levels lower and it helps to make me feel more centered. And I think you know, meditation can seem a little bit scary or overwhelming to some people at first, Just kind of like, oh, like, I don't even know where to start with it. Um, and so for that, I would say, you know, there's so many great guided meditations on the podcast to find one that'll help you at least start. And same thing for journaling of you know, Google journal prompts if you feel like you don't really know where to start on those. But getting some kind of um, mindful exercise in your day, I think, is huge.
0: For those of you who have been with this podcast from day one, or maybe you just heard older Tell All Tuesday episodes, you might remember that this podcast actually started off as a travel journal. Flashback to spring of 2017 when I read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I was completely intrigued by the ability to automate a business online. I didn't pursue this over the summer, because I worked at a summer camp at the time, and goodness gracious, summers are cray when you work at a summer camp. But in the fall, a chance encounter encounter, with an old acquaintance introduced me to the possibility of e-commerce selling a product online in a very specific niche. At first I thought that I could sell these really beautiful Peruvian tassels that I have all over my house, but I quickly realized that inventory would be a huge issue. My partner actually proposed journals, travel journals, empower women to write about their travel experiences and share with other women. We already see that on Instagram all the time. So I set up an online store, I found ambassadors, I ordered samples, I hated the packaging, I got overwhelmed, and then I found out that I could actually drop ship t-shirts. So I replaced the journals with t-shirts and hats and bags. All of them said "Wonder Woman on them. Still empowering women to travel and represent as a traveling female. Then I hired a business coach who asked me why. Why are you doing all of this? What is your ultimate goal? What do you ultimately want to offer the world? Retreats. I want to offer the world retreats that connect people to the healing power of nature. And he said, great, what are you giving away for free? And I said, what? He said, in order to get people's attention these days, you need to give away something for free. Boom, Wanderwell Podcast was born. It's morphed over time, as everything does, The only consistent thing in this world is change, and so if you're not changing, you're just not growing. I have no doubt that the journals will be back again in the future. They might have a different name, but the logo and intention behind them will remain pretty much the same. You just watch. I share this with you so you understand how I got to where I am today. I'm growing as a podcaster and as a valuable resource to women who want to share their voice. And that's why I have something exciting to share with you guys. I'm in the process of creating content that will help you bring your voice to a podcast. And I don't mean get on other people's podcasts. I mean launch a podcast for something that you are passionate about, something that excites you and something that maybe it's connected to your business. Maybe it's just for fun. Maybe it's just between your friends. But you want to know the equipment and the processes and how to launch a podcast, well, I'm putting together a course for you guys, so keep an eye out for that. You can follow the journey of this course on my Instagram, at behind the podcast. I'll be posting about it and telling you guys who I'm working with. I hired another coach, and I've joined a community of people creating courses so that I can learn how to do this the right way. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. I like to ask these women that I interview their favorite places to wander. Julia said she couldn't narrow it down to just one place, so she gave me her top two.
1: So my first is Paris. I went there on a trip with my mom um, when it was my first time in France, and it was just a magical trip. I think the city is so beautiful. Um, I'd heard things about the French people not being that friendly, and we had nothing but amazing experiences with the people, the food it's such the historic aspect of the city is so beautiful. And it was really, you know, we walked everywhere to get to see a lot. Um, so that was kind of just this like magical trip. And then my second place is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. And that is Utah. Um, I drove my boyfriend. and I drove cross country when we moved out here and it wasn't, I was expecting Utah, I guess, to be just kind of very open and flat and was completely taken aback by just the beauty and the scale of nature there. And been to Arches and I've been to Zion um, National Park and I think Zion I would absolutely put as one of my favorite places it's just so beautiful Um, it's so quiet when you're out there in nature and just the mountains the cliffs the viewscape that you have there is incredible so kind of favorite city place and favorite nature place.
0: Julia compared Utah to standing by the ocean you feel small but in a really calming way. And finally, I asked Julia what her departing tips were for the Wanderwell audience.
1: Really just to follow your intuition and your gut on things. I think it's super easy to get caught up in either expectations that other people have for you or expectations you put on yourself or where you think you should be at a certain age or what you think you should be doing with your life. I think when you can tune that all out and just kind of look inward and say, what do I want for myself? What do I want for my life? And follow that. Uh, I think that that will serve anyone in terms of building and creating a life that is really fulfilling for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's it's a hard thing to do because there's kind of these realities of life and you know, you don't always feel like you have that space to just go for what you want or be, create the life that you want. But I think when you're able to silence those other expectations, it gives you the space to really think clearly about what you do want in life. And I think for traveling, kind of the same thing of just, if there's some place that you really feel called to go or that you really want to visit, just make that a priority because I think there's such a benefit to be gained from traveling and being in a new place meeting people who have a different perspective on the world, trying new food. I think it's a wonderful way to kind of expand your horizons and your perspective on life.
0: You can learn more about Julia at eatflowlive.com or on Instagram at eatflowlive. Music for this episode was found on soundstripe.com.